from iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Secure our territory. Secure our turf. Because it's all our turf. Elite, Kenny and the Bucks, listen, this that undisputed, yeah, we here to shock the system, is this a war zone going down on Wednesday nights, this a fight, this is NXT vs. Dynamite, weekly battles, ratings shattered, this a revolution, this is change to what the game is used to doing, this is all about that dark and light contrast, welcome to the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast. I am your host, Mike De Niro. I'm joined here with G-Rock. Before we get into the show, make sure to subscribe to the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast and leave us a five-star review. Also, follow us on Instagram at Fight for Wednesday Night and YouTube at Fight for Wednesday Night. Awesome, awesome. Welcome back, Wednesday Night Warrior. Thank you for joining us again on another great week. I hope that your week was great as well, because I know mine definitely was. Yeah, same here. Me and uh, De Niro this week, uh, we got to watch a little football, yeah, which is yeah. a little little different, uh, XFL. So, uh, you know, real quick, I just think that it was a success. I definitely enjoyed it. It really? was really? It was fast-paced. It was, you know. Uh, I'm going to have to cut you off right there. To me... It was a little sexist having like the cheerleaders be like strippers. The scramble in the beginning whoa, whoa, whoa. to Denier, Denier, Denier. I'm, I'm talking about the XFL from from 2020. Oh, oh, I, I, <laughs> all right. I was watching old clips, maybe. Yeah, no. you need to get with the times, buddy. <laughs> no, definitely. The new XFL is a success. I really love the new rule changes. I love how the pace of action, well, the pace of play is like really fast paced. And yeah, they had four games this weekend. I didn't really have anything bad to say about either well all four of them yeah you know i think one thing uh that we pointed out that uh vince might be a little out of touch with wrestling but he's uh definitely in touch with the uh, football because yeah I, I think he definitely uh, tightened up some of the loose ends of the nfl and i definitely could see the nfl implementing uh, some of these changes that he put with the xfl ah, thanks pal <laughs> no definitely yeah vince doing a good job other than that how was your week buddy Pretty good, pretty good. Rockefeller Center is always like the hustle and bustle. Um, today actually, we had Bill Clinton. What? Yeah, Bill Clinton was walking through the lobbies. Good old um, Bill Clinton. Yeah. Did he have a cigar? Nah. <laughs> he didn't have Monica with him either. Oh damn. Um, yesterday we had two chains. That was always cool. Oh, that's dope. But yeah, maybe I need a shout out. Um, 
the Lords of Gotham and the Fight for Wednesday Night podcast next time I see a rapper there. But whatever. Yeah, definitely really good. And what about you? Oh, it was dope. It was dope. My week was uh, pretty chill. I uh, did some more of my screenwriting. I uh, just finished. It's pretty good. I just finished the outline. So uh, I'm about to start writing the scenes. Uh, going to try to shoot for a scene a day. But uh, yeah, I'm super excited for, for the way it's coming out. And oh, sky's the limit. Sounds good. But you know what? Let's jump right into this. Let's we had it. an exciting week of wrestling. And for this week for NXT, we're going to talk about many things. And one is AEW's fingerprints on NXT. Yeah. Roddy and Dream's feud. Then we're going to play a little armchair quarterback, my favorite <laughs> segment. Uh, with shout out to the XFL. <laughs> yeah, shout out to XFL. <laughs> yeah. Vince McMahon. Uh, we're going to play a little armchair quarterback with Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox's feud. For a long time, I've yeah. kept my mouth quiet, but I think this week we definitely need to get into it. I want to get more into just the booking of Dakota Kai in general. More we're going to get into that. Hold your horses there, right. De Niro. And for AEW, we're going to be talking about the newly minted women's champion, Nyla Rose. Yep. Dustin's homecoming in Austin, Texas. And Mox versus Santana and the debut of Jeff Cobb and all the craziness of the inner circle. But first, I want to jump into NXT, as we Let's said. Let's do it. And it's so funny because starting off with this week with NXT, I feel forced to talk about AEW. <laughs> as I, wow, yeah. As I just said, the, the fingerprints of AEW was on this week's episode. I feel like with the promos, first off, we got the show started with a promo. Yeah. We had a bunch of vignettes. We had more promos. <laughs> we even got a segment of Bianca Belair having a squash on Santana Garrett. <laughs> that led into yeah. a promo. I forgot all about that, too. Yeah, listen, it was more than just like promos and vignettes. It was very theatrical, which is the way AEW goes about their vignettes, where it's more like movie-based, like comedy-based. And we've seen that with Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne. We've seen something very different with Mark Henry talking about big men in wrestling and then bringing up um, the Keith Lee versus Dijakovic match coming up at TakeOver. And yeah, when I'm watching this, I'm like, yeah, this is what AEW does. It's very theatrical. It's different. And kudos to NXT for having a better, well-rounded wrestling show and not just in-ring action. But when I'm watching, I'm like, yeah, AEW's influence is all over this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't believe when they say, uh, oh, you know, we're not looking at the competition because I mean... (laughs) We, we've seen the changes, and we've seen them be influenced yeah. by their competitors. Maybe um, they aren't, but someone is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you think, you know, Attitude Error, they were influenced by ECW. You yeah. know, later on, we've seen, uh, you know, fingerprints of impact on, on you know, Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. And now we're seeing the fingerprints of uh, AW's Dynamite on NXT. So, you know, it's, it's always a bunch of BS when they say they're not watching the competition. Because we see immediately how they're, they're changing things. And, and it's, it's the smart thing to do because, listen, yeah, run your own race, but be mindful of what the competition is doing. And I hate that whole that BS, oh, yeah, no, we, we're not watching because, come on, we all know everyone is watching. Even on AEW side, they have made comments about stuff that happens on NXT, like when Cody was saying, oh, well, now someone's uh, botching the crossroads on two channels. Yeah. Like, how would you know that if you weren't watching? Exactly. But, so, yeah, like, just keep it real. But you know what? I do want to give them credit because this felt almost like a Raw. And I thought it was so funny because last week we were talking about um, the Queen Charlotte and her coming to NXT and what that meant for NXT yeah. as the brand. And I, I mentioned to you that I wasn't sure what was going to come of this, what was going to follow. Yeah. I, I thought 
that they were going to continue to move in that direction. And I felt like I got my answer with this week. I felt like they were finally putting the machine behind NXT. And I think we saw that with the, with the vignettes, the, 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 the promo time. Um, and like you said, that segment with Mark Henry, I thought that was really key to me because that was a segment where it was like Mark Henry is giving the rub on Keith Lee and, uh, and yeah. Dijakovic. A Hall of Famer. Exactly. Yeah. And, and building this match. I mean, this match was kind of put together a little last minute before um, TakeOver. Yeah. But I like that they had this little segment to kind of promote and push it. And I felt like this was something that you would probably see on a Raw or on a SmackDown for a big-time match. Definitely. It looks like that these um, the vignettes definitely had more of a budget to it, too. Yeah, Especially yeah, exactly. the Riddle and Pete Dunne. Like, they had, like, a little series of how they're getting to TakeOver. And it even, it even involved a, a Triple H's jet. <laughs> yeah, right? But, yeah, like I said, it was very theatrical, which definitely requires a budget. So it looks like they're putting more money behind the... Post-production. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. So, you know, moving forward, NXT looks a lot more promising, a lot more promising. Yeah, if they continue to have a well-rounded wrestling show where there's more characters, more ways to build characters like these vignettes. I mean, something else also, the Rob uh, Robert Stone brand with Chelsea yeah, yeah. Green, that was very good. That was a way to build her up, even though, like, she'd just been appearing and then she her one match, she lost... But she still seems like a big deal because of this vignette that she had with Robert Stone. So, yeah, it's definitely nice to see that they're more well-rounded. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Let's just see if it lasts. Mm, that's that's the key. That's yeah. the key. They got to have consistency behind this. This could have been like, oh, let's try it out. but Hopefully not. But you know what? I, I do want to bring up that we started the show with a promo. And we started yeah. with a guy who doesn't usually cut a promo and, and Roger Strong. Yeah. And I'm really loving the the build on this feud and i really love the, the like the reason behind this feud yeah i love how how velveteen dream didn't just tie in you know the fact that you guys attacked me one night he tied in the fact that you guys tried to take me out yeah so he kind of raised the stakes raised the level yeah and almost also justifying his attack slash his attire with, with roddy's the, the family, family yeah. on it yeah i mean it was basically like you said, not, oh, you attacked me and I couldn't wrestle. It was, you tried to take me out of the freaking business. So, like, now it's personal. Now, like, what would, like he was saying, like, what would happen if I did that to you? What if daddy doesn't come home? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Ma- Ma- Marina's needs will be met, though, is, is uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. what he was trying to exclamation point on. Yeah. So, definitely, that was a good character. That was a good character development, I guess, for Velveteen because we see more of a, I don't know, like a cerebral but still flamboyant style of him. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I really like that. Um, Roddy, his promo in the beginning, I thought he showed a lot of fire because yeah. we always said Roddy's not too much of a promo guy. And then when he does try to cut like promos, and he has like, it's still like I'm gonna hurt you, man. <laughs> but I, it kind of touches home when you have his wife and your, his kid on someone else's tights, and the guy saying like, "Oh, I could take care of them for you." It seemed like there was like real emotion behind there. So. Shouts to Roddy to channel that and actually like deliver a really good promo. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And I, I was really excited when uh, Velveteen debuted. Well, re-debuted uh, last week. Uh, well, his return. return yeah, excuse yeah. me. Yeah. Um, well, his return. I, I love that with his return that we were going to get more promos, right? Because I thought that he's a talker, so they're going to give him at least a mic time. I just didn't expect that the whole show was going to have that. 
So yeah. I just thought that was interesting that going into this week, I thought we may see a little bit more promo, but I thought it was just going to be between, you know, Velveteen Dream and, and Roddy's. Yeah, and it ended up everyone got some mic time. Yeah, everybody seemed like they they had their, their time on the mic, which yeah. was pretty awesome. But I also wanted to point out that I, I, I want to give kudos to NXT for putting a more reality-based story and keeping it interesting. Uh, yeah. I know I know. last week when I saw Velveteen's tights, I, I thought that was really interesting and maybe yeah, like, pushing it. Yeah, that's a little like, you want to go there, bro? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, also, just to go back before, there was another promo that I wanted to talk about, and it was the uh, the Tommaso Ciampa one. Yes. Like, that was very good, too. And you want to talk about reality-based, like, he showed, like, the video that there's a there's a special on the WWE Network where it's, like, about his journey through the next surgery and his return, and, like, they had him watching that. I guess he was, like, in a full-sale classroom or something, but he was, like, yeah, watching yeah, yeah. that and, like, trying to, like, get that... I guess emotion and like amped up for Sunday and that was really well done going back now to Roddy. I want to just give a shout out to the Bronson Reed match that he actually had because after he cut the promo, Bronson Reed came out and he wanted retribution for him being attacked by the undisputed error last week backstage. And yo, Bronson Reed had his best match so far in NXT. Yeah. Without a doubt, without a doubt, he definitely put on a showcase for himself. Yeah. Uh, Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I love that NXT have big men, but they don't just have big men. They have big men that can actually move and that can wrestle well. And they got big boy energy. <laughs> yeah, about that. Uh, I'm not really a fan of that. <laughs> but <laughs> um, Bronson Reed is is definitely opening up my eyes. Yeah. Uh, you know, I hope that his character development could be a little bit better in the future. You know, maybe he'll have, uh, I don't know, somebody coach him up a bit. I mean, that's what NXT is for. Yeah. But uh you know, I really liked his his showing with with Roddy. Me too. Me too. He he he's someone that I've seen before. He came to NXT when he was a uh, Jonah Rock, and I seen his stuff in PWG, and I was really impressed. But he hasn't really had that match that like pushed him, I guess, so far in NXT. And I think this was the one. So yeah, I was really happy to see that. Yeah, this was kind of like a, a breakout match for him. 
Uh, and of course, I thought it was perfect that you put Roger Strong. You know, I, I I believe like he's one of the best in in, in the world. So really good booking. Yeah, really good booking. Yeah. Now let's talk about really bad booking. Yes, because I've been holding this one in. <laughs> yeah, let, let's get into the whole Dakota Kai. Let's go back a little bit. So Dakota Kai, she turns heel, right? I'm thinking, great, we're going to get this edge. We're going to get like this like mean streak in her. And ever since then, she's been on a losing streak. Like, what has she done? She had a little like a mini feud with Mia Yim, and Mia Yim totally just like made her look yeah horrible. Just beat the crap out of her. I, I didn't understand whole... that. I did not understand that. And then, and, and I, I just want to point out, we don't see Mia Yim on the following week. No. So what was the point? Exactly. And she like you want. All right, if you're the heel and you're going to get like beat up and you're the character that they're going to continue to showcase, I was expecting her to like kind of get her comeuppance in a way against Mia Yim in like the coming weeks, but Wait, did never you happened. say comeuppance? You never heard of that? <laughs> you always pull out these words that. Yo, <laughs> do you want me to pull it up? I trust like, you. I trust you. Nah. I trust you. But <laughs> I understand exactly what you mean. I, I thought that they would sort of build. If, she's gonna, yeah. if she was going to lose. Might as well have her look strong the next week. Like attack me, Yim. Do something. A more of a, a vicious streak yeah. to her. So then we finally see Tegan Knox return. And then they have a, like a match. Well, first of all, every time Tegan Knox like tried to attack Dakota, Dakota's running. And then when she finally has a match with her, Tegan wins. So why even turn her heel? Why even start the story if you're just going to continue to make her look weak? She was winning more matches before she turned heel. What was the point of turning if you're going to like go on a losing streak? Yeah. So if I could just stretch my arm and play a little armchair quarterback here. Uh, Deception. (laughs) (laughs) From War Games, I was excited. I like this heel turn. Just like you said, I thought I we were going to see yeah. a, a mean streak in Dakota. And instead, I, I feel like we just got an, an entire change. Because that's about it. And for song, me. yeah. Pretty much. Now, the way I would have went about this and the way I might have booked this was I might have built off of this mean streak coming off of War Games. And I would have had it extend a little bit further than Tegan Knox. Yeah. I might have had her go against either Candice LeRae or Amiya Yim. And have her take them out. I mean, completely, like, take them out. The same way that she took out Tegan Knox, right? Yeah. Then maybe have, say, we'll, we'll go with Candice LeRae for this matter, right? And I think Candice would be perfect for this spot. So you would have Tegan still off, off, off TV, right? Ever since War Games. Dakota takes out Candice LeRae. The following week, you have Candice LeRae comes back. She's in crutches, maybe a, a knee brace of her own, recovering. Yeah. And she's being interviewed. And Dakota Kai takes her out again. Very vicious, right? Then the following week, maybe we have Mia Yim having a match or maybe even backstage. I prefer probably backstage. Yeah. Where Dakota Kai tries to take her out as well. The same way she took out Tegan, the same way she took out Candace. You start developing this story. You start showing what's to come. But this time, Dakota gets intercepted with Tegan Knox, and we finally see Tegan Knox return, and she stops what could possibly happen to Mia Yim. Yeah. Then we have a match between Tegan and Dakota, in which it's a regular match. Dakota's getting probably the losing end of the match, and she's forced to use a knee brace and viciously attacks Tegan, disqualifying yeah. her, and now we build up to. Takeover, yeah. and we have a street match. I mean, a street fight, right? <laughs> a street match. A street match. Sorry, <laughs> take it to the streets, boy. 
Yeah, the, <laughs> the no, yeah. Look, I, I like that idea. I feel like that would set up past feuds. Oh, I mean, feuds past the Tegan Knox match. But I wouldn't even be mad about everything that built up to this if Dakota just beat Tegan last week. If Dakota beat her or had to cheat to beat her just so you could continue the feud, but at least like you see more of a heel tendency from Dakota, it would have been fine leading up to this. It's like, all right, you can forget what they did to build up to this, right? But since they didn't do that, and then this week, Dakota still had to like kind of like steal the win from Candice LeRae. It's like, come on, like we're making her look weak. She didn't have to steal a win from Candice LeRae. She didn't have to lose to Tegan Knox to build up another match with Tegan Knox. Wouldn't the build for another match with Tegan Knox be Tegan Knox still didn't get her comeuppance? <laughs> I mean, you're gonna use that word more often yeah, now. Sorry, right, organic. Good like, good for you. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like, if you're going to have another match, like, what would be the point of Tegan wanting another match if Tegan already got her revenge? She won. Yeah, exactly. I completely agree. This whole thing is just—it's been a fucking fail in my eyes. And it, this was something I was that's excited a, that's for. That's our double F moment of the week. Yeah, it's my double F. Okay. I, I mean, it's been my double F for 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 every time they have the, these segments. I mean, even with the uh, the women's battle royal, uh, uh, Dakota Kai was listed um, as on the preview. Yeah, and she wasn't in the match. And then they had her come out like to attack Tegan. It was like, come on, man. But yeah, I think we could both agree that this could have been a lot better a if lot, done better. right. So yeah, not not everything NXT does is a home run. Exactly. Maybe she needed. Maybe Dakota needed a vignette or something theatrical. I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't know. know. Something to build not... the character. Exactly. Exactly. But still, nonetheless, I think this was a, a really good show. And, and oh yeah, yeah. My yeah. final thoughts was I was really impressed with this show. I, I'm I'm extremely happy that it seems like uh, the WWE brand is getting behind uh, NXT. Yeah, we got more WWE in this NXT episode. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, it really felt like I was watching. A, a Raw episode, but NXT. Definitely. Because I feel like everything that they did in this NXT episode is what they sort of do on a Raw or SmackDown, yeah. uh, the way they, they build these these shows. Yeah. One thing I, I would like to, to, to mention and put a spotlight on is uh, Angel Garza. Yeah. I am becoming more of a fan um, each time I see this guy. I feel like he is truly growing. Um, with his match with Leo Rush, there was a moment, I forgot what maneuver he hit, but he sort of like landed in the center of the ring on his ass and immediately, I mean, immediately he Hot gives up. a smile. Yeah. No, 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 no. He gives a smile and looks at the hard ca- uh, hard uh, camera angle. Yeah. And I just thought that was so professional. He hit a big move and he's, he just landed and immediately he knows where to look. And that's the, the NXT training. Yeah. That's, you know, building for the main roster. Now, as we, we see, see him, he's on Raw. Yeah, exactly. So I think this cross uh, uh, promoting him, putting him NXT and then also putting him in, in Raw, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's doing wonders for him. And I think Definitely. the sky's the limit. I mean, we made, you know, the comparison that, you know, he, it's premature, but he does have that, that Eddie Guerrero vibe to him. Yeah. And not so much the lychee and steel Eddie Guerrero, but more like the Latino, Latino he. He. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Latino. Yeah, you that, know what? that song was a banger. I, don't know. <laughs> I got that on my phone right now. But anyway, yeah, I definitely see what you see with uh, the Eddie Guerrero comparison, and I agree. Um, my final thoughts is we had one hell of a main event. 
Adam Cole versus Kushida was really good. Yeah. And they, they meshed well. I'm not sure if they wrestled before in Ring of Honor. Something tells me that they did, but they really meshed well. They have good chemistry. And then afterwards, we had that nice little stare down with Tommaso Ciampa. Ciampa came out, and it was nice to see that Adam Cole wasn't, like, backing up or scared. Like, he was right in his face. Like, I'm not scared of you. So that was awesome to see. Like you said, really good show. I enjoyed it. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I enjoyed it as well. I enjoyed AEW as well. I enjoyed AEW just as much. Want to talk about it? Let's, let's talk get about right it. into it. <laughs> so let's start off with this Rio versus Nyla match. All right. It was a really good match. I want to say that Rio put on a hell of a performance here. And it's just like right as she loses the title finally, you she made a me a believer. <laughs> like. <laughs> I remember the first time that they uh, had the match on um, October 2nd, the very first show on TNT. Yeah. That was one of my favorite matches of the night. Rio and um, Nyla Rose had a great match. Remember, the crowd was going really crazy for it. Yeah, I mean, and that was that was like an upset victory. Yeah, it, it was. was, a, it was a, I, I thought Nyla was going to win that. Yeah, it was a surprise. But, like, since then, it was a couple matches with uh, Rio that was kind of uh, yeah. nothing too special. And then she, like, took a like a long stretch of time off. I know she went back to Japan and wrestled some matches, but there was like a couple of weeks where she wasn't on. Yeah, but they they were also like hiding her on uh, on dark as well, and 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 teaming her with the uh, with Kenny, and they yeah. weren't really front and center, which was kind of weird because she She's is one of a the champion. champions. Yeah, it, exactly, exactly. But uh, you know, kind of piggybacking off of what you were saying, I, I felt the same way. You know, it's weird because I felt like um, a roller coaster fan with her. Hmm. You know, like at first it started off high, like I was like, wow, like when she won the title, I was yeah, yeah. so excited. I was just like, I want to see more of what this girl can do. And, you know, it was a little lackluster. And then at some point, it, I was just like, uh, it's starting to become unbelievable. And you yeah. know, maybe it's time that, you know, we take the title off her and, and put it on. Um, kind of some- Marco stunt. Like, because, yeah, she's she's wrestling these bigger, like, women. And 
Well, here's the deal. Almost every woman is 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 bigger than her. I think every woman is bigger than her. Well, except in the world. Yeah, I forgot her <laughs> opponent. Uh, I think it's Nakajima. I think it was her name on on this past AW's Dark, where she actually faced somebody that was slightly smaller than her, and uh, it was a little interesting. And it was a good match. It I was a really liked, good match. Well, maybe in the future they'll still go this right. I would like to see her go against uh, Yuka Sakazaki because they're similar in size too. Yuka is kind of small, but yeah. But but here's the deal though. With this match that we got against Nyla. Now, Nyla is obviously, like, probably four times her size. So, uh, maybe I'm pushing it. Yeah, maybe, Nyla's maybe, not touching 400. No, maybe I forgot that she's, like, 98, <laughs> she's a, technically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In my mind, she's, like, 50 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so maybe she's, like, twice, two and a half times her size. <laughs> four times her size. <laughs> All right, Sorry, Nyla. It. Sorry, that, was, that, was, that wasn't even a joke on Nyla. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, let me get to it. I was impressed that she was able to put on such a good match yeah. with Nyla yet again. Um, like I said, on Dark, she put on a good match. Now, this was with a female that was similar size, a little bit smaller. But then we get this match with Nyla, and, you know, I'm still not sure how I feel about her. And yeah, then this yeah. one kind of put me over. I, I, I became a fan. And it was on both sides. Nyla put on... Nyla, a, yeah, she put on a show. Yeah, most definitely. She she did her thing, and, and you know, she deserves that that title. Um but, uh, yeah, you know, with my previous sentiments on Rio, I was rather surprised. Yeah, so was I. And also, it wasn't like the offense was, like, unbelievable in this match. Yeah. The offense seemed believable. Like, she was doing things that a smaller girl would do to a bigger girl to, like, win a fight. Like, she was, like, doing the chop her down method. And that was believable to me. Like, when we see matches with um, Marco Stunt where he's doing, like, her karanas and bigger guys are selling for it, it's not really believable. I would sell it with chopping the person down to size. And yeah. we saw that with Rio here. So I was really happy to see that. I am extremely happy to see Nyla Rose win the title. You know, I just wanted to point out that one part that I really loved um, in the match uh, was Nyla going for that one-winged angel. Yeah. Uh, kind of tying in. Like a little shot at Kenny. Yeah. And if you remember, like this matchup was, I guess, kind of kind of started with last week with uh, the pack. uh, uh Promo, or more like, uh, I don't even know what you would call exchange, that. Exchange, yeah. yeah, with Omega, which led to Nyla attacking Rio. But if you remember even further back on the first episode of Dynamite, when Nyla lost to Rio and she continued to attack Rio, Kenny Omega came out and got in Nyla's face, like, you gotta go. Mm. So oh. I thought that they tied it all the way back to last year, which was really cool because that storyline continuation and that's awesome to see you know what but that that's like AEW's bread and butter yeah. they will circle back from three four eight weeks you yeah. know and they'll bring it back together if like tony khan was sitting in here with us you're like that's what we do bro <laughs> yeah. so yeah i i just thought this was a really well-rounded match uh you know i i was shocked and, and i was really surprised and, and very pleased by this and i i'm really curious uh well, I'm, I'm really happy with Nyla being the champion, yeah. and I think it kind of brings a freshness to this division. Definitely. This is the second title change in AEW history. Yeah, yeah. Now, something else I was also surprised with was Sammy G's match versus Dustin. Yes. Now, this was Dustin's homecoming. He's uh, from from Texas. If I'm not mistaken, he's He's right from at- Dallas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were there. Uh, so I, I believe – no, if I'm not mistaken, it was like right outside of Austin or something like that. Anyway. Oh, yeah, I think it's Austin. Yeah, so. yeah. It was right outside yeah, of Austin, yeah, yeah. not Dallas. Um, we're from New York, guys. <laughs> anyway, um, I thought he put on a really good match with Sammy G. And now, you know, sometimes I, I feel like during that match, I would forget how old, you know, uh, yeah, Dustin's been around. Man, this guy seems to get better with age, like wine. 
like he's doing Canadian destroyers. Like let's go watch Goldust versus like Oddman Johnson from back in the day. Where was all that? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> he definitely credits uh, DDP for like the resurgence in his career because like if we remember when he went back to TNA and he was Black Rain, he got really oh, big. Yeah. He was also on drugs, right? So when he came back to WWE after that, like the DDP yoga regiment that he was on, plus he cleaned his uh, act up. He became a lot better of a wrestler now than I think I've ever remember him as. Yeah, without a doubt. He, without a, I feel like this is his peak. And he's pulling out these moves that I wouldn't expect him to do, like a Canadian destroyer, uh, what's his name, Adam Cole style, like where he jumps from the second rope. But on top of that, like he has that veteran mentality still to know when to pull these things out. Like it's not, oh, now I could do these things, so I'm going to do a bunch of flips and high spots. He knows when to make things matter. Which is really nice, and I would really hope that someone like that is like spreading the knowledge to the young guys that hey, you don't gotta do all these flips. You could do the flip, but make sure it matters because six thousand flips in a match doesn't matter, but one flip in a match at the right time could have the biggest pop of the night. And I'm so glad you mentioned that because I thought that was perfect with his opponent. Yeah, because he was going against a guy who literally can do like six flips in yeah. the air. You do with things that I can't dream of doing. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Now you know, Sammy G is is. Not a spot monkey by any means. No. He has a, a good sense of awareness and knowledge of, of conducting a match. But it always helps to have that, that, that veteran. veteran who's been yeah. around for, what is it now, 30 years? Uh, and who's been all over the place, you know what I yeah. mean? So I, I, I just love the rub. Definitely. I also liked the fact, well, two things I really liked about this was the fact that Dustin actually won. He got the hometown like I guess love love and, yeah that's something you don't get in WWE everyone knows like the running rib is if you're in your hometown we're going to embarrass you like if we were in Oklahoma JR's joining the kiss my ass club <laughs> but anyway actually dark, there's dark times <laughs> actually there's two other things I liked about this match I like the fact that they don't really say but in my when I was watching it, in my mind I'm saying to myself we know Sammy is in this feud with Darby and they're building to that match. So I have to face a guy with half his face painted. So I'm going to <laughs> practice by facing a guy with half his face painted. But more serious, though, I like the fact that after the match, Dustin Rhodes called out uh, Jake Hager. Yes. And it looks like we're finally going to see Jake Hager in a match. Now, I want to I get into that because yeah. we've seen Hager since the first episode. and he's- I've seen Hager since WWE. <laughs> But going back to AEW, we've seen him on the first episode, and he's yet to have a match. And we all know that he has an MMA career. Yeah. And I wasn't sure contractually when he would be able to wrestle. And I'm not sure if things changed, because that's what it seems like to me. We had the story with Dustin breaking his arm by Jake Hager. Yeah. And that was never really followed up. Like, there's been bits and pieces. Whenever... uh, Hager's around and Dustin is, you know, he kind of get in, in his in face, his face yeah. and you'll, you'll hear, you'll, you'll hear the conversation and him talking about, you know, you broke my arm and whatnot, but we never got that a, match. Yeah. That match or even a segment or anywhere leading to it. But now we do. And I am so hyped for this, but now I, 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 I was just thinking that I'm assuming I, I can only go off of just assumptions here based on what we've been seeing that maybe something happened with his contract uh, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking about Hager here, mm-hmm. that maybe Hager's contract with uh, the MMA promotions that he's involved with will now allow him to wrestle. I mean, I don't see why not. He's in Bellator. When Bobby Lashley was in Bellator, he was still able to wrestle for impact. Like, he was wrestling actively, and then he would be off maybe like a week because he has a fight because Bobby was 
while he was still wrestling, he was still like in his training camp. But the thing is with this, I don't know what the contract situation is. I'm just glad that we're finally getting to see him because it was a little weird. Like we all had that hype that he debuted and then like all these weeks later, 20 weeks, well, 19 weeks later, and he still has yet to have a match. We've seen him involved in a lot of segments, but he hasn't wrestled. So it's cool to see that. I also like the fact that it's kind of like we're going to ease him back into wrestling because I'm sure he faced Dustin Rhodes in WWE. They both were there for years. I'm sure they had matches. I even think I remember the Real Americans versus Cody and Dustin, mm-hmm. like, well, Cody and Goldust at the time yeah. back in the day. So it's somebody that he's familiar with and probably trusts, like, helping him to a great match for his first match back. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's not it. like they're just, oh, it's going to be Kenny Omega versus Jake Hager. And it's like, whoa, like, first match back, I'm about to wrestle, like, the best bout machine. You know what I mean? It's yeah. someone who could, like, ease him into it. Yeah. Hold with- his hand during the match. Well, I don't think he needs not, it. Not saying that, but... Not saying that he needs it, but I'm saying it's been a while since we've seen him in the ring. So for your first match back, there is going to be rust there. So you want to be in there with somebody you have chemistry with or someone that you have familiarity with. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And like I just pointed out, you know, 30 years of experience, the fact that they have a a previous uh, relationship in the ring definitely definitely helps. Um, But also, I just wanted to point out that, you know, we've mentioned in the past how, and I mean, it, it... it's well known that AEW could probably use more bigger guys, and yet they have this guy on their roster that they're unable to use. And yeah. now we're gonna start seeing that, and hopefully, you know, it will lead to more matches with Jake Hager. So, yeah, I think this was this was really big, in, in my opinion. I definitely think so too. Something else that was really big was Santana sit down with Jr. Definitely. I absolutely loved it. We mentioned last week about his promo um, against Moxley. His passion, his fire. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, he mentioned that that darkness. And we weren't sure exactly what he was referring to. But this week we finally got a backstory on yeah. on what that darkness was and, and his father and his father becoming blind at such a young age. Definitely. And it's it was, like, hard to hear, like, when he was saying it because you could hear him, like, cracking his, well his voice was cracking you could hear the emotion in his it, it, voice it's real like yeah. this is this was real thing, exactly one thing like before we get into like what he said one thing i want to say is i really liked that they had a sit down with jr because it was very like reminiscent of back in the day the attitude era where they would have these wrestlers sit down with jr in the back like that's what made mick foley a star in wwe like the mankind character when he first like came like a couple years in he was still doing like that he had that brown uh, attire, and he still wasn't like nothing that was like, oh my god. And then he had that sit down with Jr. and they cut it up into like pieces. And then by the end of it, like you want to see a lot more of McFoley. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. 
Listen to Supreme, The Battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. So I like that they brought that back here because you still have JR and this is a role that JR could succeed in. So Yeah, I I don't mean to cut you off there, but I, I would rather see him in roles like this. Yeah. His commentary is a little lackluster lately. But with this, with the sit-downs, he's phenomenal. Exactly. So it was really nice to see that because, like I said, it was like a nod to the past segments that he used to have back in the day. Now, getting into the segment? Uh, well, real quick, I just wanted to point out that this segment and this match also ties into something that I've mentioned in the past that I love about AEW is the fact that tag team wrestlers will get their spotlight. Yeah. And I love that. It makes everybody feel equal. Yeah. Because so many times when you're in a tag team, your individual character kind of gets lost. You're just a duo and not a single guy. You know what I mean? And now I feel like we get to see more of Santana. Now we have a backstory of Santana. We're more involved with Definitely. Santana. So now even going through his tag team matches, you know, there's going to be more people invested, yeah. more fans. Just like we got with uh, Jungle Boy, just like we got with Scorpio Sky. Yeah. So, yeah, everyone either – well, whether you're in a tag team or not, everyone could be a star in this company, which exactly. is great to see. Now, getting to the promo, like you said, he continued to have that passion and fire. I really – think it's hard to like root against Santana like it's hard to say all right well he's the heel but one thing I loved is when he was talking about his dad and you're feeling sympathy and JR brought it back to the story and saying oh well like you guys did that to Moxley like you try to take his vision it was retribution yeah he brought it back to the story where he was like Moxley had the chance to be in the most dangerous team in wrestling, and he turned it down. This is retribution now. So that was great that they were able to still tie in the story. So I'm not watching saying, oh, my God, yo, I really like this guy. Oh, man, like I want to root for him. Then it's like, yo, man, he freaking stabbed Moxie in the eye. Like this guy's a scumbag. Like (laughs) So it was great how they brought it back. I I like that. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. And and nonetheless, this was a a really good match. And, you know, kudos to both guys because it was an eye for an eye. Both guys are wrestling with an eye patch. Which is <laughs> very difficult. I mean, it's bad enough to have, like, if you're the one with an eye patch, that's tough, right? Yeah. Then you have to have to trust your opponent now because he has one eye as well. So that's a really, you know, tough match to do. Yeah. And then on top of that, I like that they wrestled this with the story that there was aggression and these guys want to kill each other. Because if you have someone stab someone in the eye, so then he ret- he has a retribution and stabs him in the eye. And then you have the match and they wrestle a regular match. It's like, come on. It's kind of like when we talked about Andrew Garza slapping Leo, Leo Rush. Rush and then they have a regular match after that. Yeah. Like, no. They actually, like, brawled. This was, like, more of a brawl than it was a match. Like, they brawled throughout the crowd. Yeah. They brawled in the ring. Like, it looked gritty. Like, they were real fighting. Like, they were really fighting. And that's something I really enjoyed about this match. I love matches with stories in them. Yeah. Psychology. That's what this had. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I, and just a little topic, but I also love the fact that Santana's eye patch was like the Puerto Rican flag. Yeah, 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 it was yeah. different than Mox's eye patch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boricua, boricua. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> I don't know what the hell that was. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, another promo that had to do with this was we had the inner circle backstage. They were being interviewed, and Jericho revealed that he had an assassin on his side. And next week, John Moxley is going to be facing Jeff Cobb. Which blew my mind when I heard him say that. Yeah, me too. Last time I checked, he's in Ring of Honor and he's in New Japan. So that was a real surprise. It wasn't someone that, oh, I know he's a free agent. He didn't say, oh, you're facing Brody Lee. No, it's like Jeff Cobb. Yo, he's on Ring of Honor currently. So that's awesome. So I also follow Jeff Cobb's career from Lucha Underground and what he was doing after. I'm really excited to see him in AEW. Well, here's the deal with that. One is kudos to AEW um, for kind of giving us this surprise and keeping it a surprise. Yeah. You know, we hear a bunch of names swirling around, and it's been like that for months. There's always a, a name, whether it be Marty Skrull, Killer Cross, you know, Brody Lee. And then they pull Jeff Cobb. You know? <laughs> Where did that come from? Yeah, exactly. That was not one of the names that we hear swirling around. So that was awesome. Uh, now, as far as the extent of him being an AEW, Jericho did mention it was a one-time thing. I don't know if he meant that or it just seemed like he emphasized that. So I don't know if it is a one-time appearance because, like you said, he is with those other promotions. So I don't know yeah. how his contract works out. But um, I don't know if he's under contract. Well, he may be thing. a free agent. And this opens the door to something bigger because if he's a free agent and this match is, like, off the charts, why not? You know what I mean? Like, why not sign? So I think that this could lead to something bigger. I honestly, I really hope. I, really I hope, hope so. so too. I'm a fan. You know, I I, I loved Matanza when when he was in uh, Lucha yeah. Underground. Uh, what he brings to AEW, another guy with size and power. Yeah. Um, it's 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 a great fit. So I truly do hope that he does sign. Mm-hmm. But one thing I I, I did want to mention was I thought they shouldn't have mentioned it before him coming yeah, out. Yeah, because he came out. I when I was about to say that it was a surprise that he was even there because they said next week you're facing Jeff Cobb. They, they show yeah. like the Jeff Cobb, I guess like video package. But the thing is, it was a surprise that he came out. So why did you even say anything? If you're going to ex- if you're going to have him come out at the end anyway, yeah. then don't even say anything. Cuz that video pop- package for next week when they before the match, like, oh, this is what this guy could do. Now, here's the thing. The only thing I could think of in their defense was the criticism for uh, what's this guy's name that was with the Nightmare Collective? Luther, right? Yeah. Now people not knowing him. Yeah, not so, knowing exactly. Yeah. But now Jeff Cobb is a little different. Jeff Cobb is more known with your fan base yeah. than Luther is. Definitely. So I don't know if this was because of the fail with Luther that they they didn't they want to play it safe and say, hey, let's announce him, let's put a video package so people have an understanding of this guy or knows yeah. what this guy is or what he looks like. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being, 
I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I don't know. To me, it seemed like they were playing it safe where I would have preferred them just run I, the risk. I thought the same thing. Out. I thought the same thing. It was like, we are just introducing him so you guys know who he is. So when he comes out, you guys pop. Because yeah. remember, Luther fell flat on his face. Not literally, but when he debuted, it was like, it who was this guy? Yeah. yeah, it was a lot of crickets. It was just creep. Uh, yeah, it was, people were confused. Yeah. I was confused. But definitely another amazing show for AEW. And I, I love the way it ended, too. Definitely. Me, too. It, it, this carries the story, you know, tremendously. And, mm-hmm. you know, the build and the way they, they, they carry these stories for, for weeks on end and, and adding new layers and new parts. I mean, they're doing a phenomenal job. They are. And I think overall, I think this was a phenomenal show. So did I. Um, my final thoughts, something I really want to talk about, is we got a really good heel promo from Britt Baker. Yes. She's she's keeping the – like, you see, like, she's building every single week. So she turned heel. It was kind of like uh, on the on the Jericho cruise. Yeah. Then she had the, um, the little attack at uh, – she – Verbally attacked JR and Tony Schiavone, and it was like, uh, still, like, I see what you're doing. Like, it wasn't, like, executed so perfectly, but it was still, like, good, like, a lot better than the week before. Yeah. And then, like, she had the match where she knocked Yuka's tooth out last week. But then I think this is the promo where she felt really comfortable. Not super comfortable where, like, she's could cut a heel promo any day of the week like MJF. But you could see that she's really becoming, like, her own character here. Yeah, yeah, I I got that same feeling as well. Uh, at one point, she even grabs the mic from Shivani, yeah. and to me, that was a showing of comfortability. Earlier today in uh, Rockefeller Center, I was like kind of tired, so I went to Starbucks and I actually saw Tony Shivani there. He's my barista. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, did did he add a, a little caramel and and some mocha? I'll drink that crap. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, one thing I do want to bring up with Shivani is I do believe that she's cutting these promos with Shivani. I think it's a comfort level. Yeah. I think it's what we were saying before about holding hands. I feel like Shivani's holding Britt Baker's hand for the time being until she really gains her confidence and is able to just do these promos on her own. Exactly. Because he's been like the one common denominator in every one of these heel promos. So who's to say like he's not the one like who's helping produce these promos, sitting with her, saying, hey, maybe giving some pointers because he's been around the business forever. Of course, yeah. So maybe – I mean, I don't see why not, but I do like the dynamic that they're building. Like, she's kind of being, like, condescending to him, and he's just, like, taking it, but, like, he's giving faces, like, whatever. I like the dynamic between Shivani and Britt Baker. So now I'm going to add something to this. Um, I'm going to stretch my arm again and semi-play quarterback here. Did you say again like Jericho? (laughs) Like a Canadian. (laughs) Again. Again. 
But I was thinking about this, and with Nyla being the champion now, mm-hmm. I could potentially see them going with Nyla and having Shauna come back to gain her revenge. Okay. And now you kind of set up a feud between Shauna and, and Nyla, which is something that AEW loves to do. Like we just mentioned, you know, five weeks back, they'll bring it all together full yeah. circle. And with Britt Baker, you kind of continue this animosity with Rio. Yeah, I think that's that would be perfect because now Rio is not holding the title. Exactly. Britt Baker been like name dropping her when she talks about like, oh, she's been here every week, not like our champion. So like she's name dropping her. So it only makes sense to actually go that route. Yeah. And I really think that she could pick the scabs now that Rio is not the champion. Mm-hmm. And maybe she can use that for her promo leading to this yeah, possible feud, you know definitely. what I mean? And I would love if they have a match that tears the house down because I know I was really hard. I think it was week two or three when they the, had that the match and time. it was like miscommunication between them. Yeah. So I would love if they have like that redemption story and we have a Rio-Britt Baker match that like steals the show. So I would yeah. love to see this. Yeah, I mean, I'm rooting for that, that women's division. I would like Me to too. see it be bolstered. I would like to see the women on that division get better yeah. collectively. I mean, because... This show is starting to come together. It, you know, what is this, week 20 now yeah. of AEW? And I think they're they're really learning and they're putting together better shows as the weeks go on. I don't remember one bad show this year. Like So far, we, we, yeah. Since 2020? Year, yeah, last year towards the end we were like, uh, another uh, show for AEW or they're trying too hard or they're doing too much. But so far since 2020, things have just been really good for AEW. One thing I do want to point out, uh, part of my final thought, is that it was confirmed. Sammy G versus uh, Darby at, uh, at Revolution. That's exciting. That is very exciting. You know, we, we spoke on it on the last uh, podcast, what we think of these two guys. Yeah. Um, you know, these guys are definitely the future for AEW. So I am super hyped. And I love the way that they went about it with this vignette and Darby mocking uh, Sammy G with the, with the poster boards. Yeah. And, like, uh, coughing yeah. this time because he still, like, his throat is crushed. Um, Very well executed. Yeah. Like, the Darby vignettes, like, the whole dark black and white scene. It's just, so him. Yeah. It just worked perfectly. If you him. if you go on his Instagram, his pictures are, like, all, all, black, all black and, and white. white. Yeah. yeah. Um, one last final thought for me. I just want to give a big shout out to MJF again because I thought his match with Jungle Boy was awesome. This is a guy who shows every single time he's on my screen that I'm not just a great heel i'm not just a great character but he could go in the ring and i think that he really showed that this week yeah without a doubt without a doubt he he's starting to be really well-rounded i i think it like sky's the limit for mjf like i know we said that a bunch of times but definitely is so it's that time do you want me to do the drum this time go for it (laughs) Uh, that was horrible all right show of the week aw i i just i loved everything about it um, I love that we got the change of uh, of titles on uh, for the women. Yeah, with Nyla being the new champion, um, the surprise of Jeff Cobb. I mean, that really blew me away. I mean, nobody saw that one coming, so that was really big. Um, Santana's uh, sit down and and just the emotion that he brought was uh, was just phenomenal. And and just this whole segment with the vicious circle, I thought it was great. Um, but you know what though? Kudos to NXT because, like I said. They were also really good. I love these broserweight uh, um, segments, and I love the fact that they would throw them in uh, throughout the night. It wasn't just one segment and then maybe carry on to the next week or whatever. Yeah. They carried it throughout the night, and um, it was fun, man. It was fun, and that's why history is about to be made on this podcast. 
I'm actually going to disagree with you. Wait a minute. Oh, this is the second time then. When we have we have we have disagreed before. Well, we disagree all the time, but on this, <laughs> uh, anyway, I think NXT was the show of the week. I think that if you want to have a go home show, this is how you do it. And too often, like WWE has these go home shows where they barely even mention that this Sunday there's a pay per view, but they had a well rounded show. It was fun to watch, like you said. The Broserweights segments were awesome. The Champa segment was awesome. Just like the way that they had the promos and the vignettes work, and then you had great wrestling along with it. I think that it was a lot better to watch this show knowing that this is something that we don't usually see where for AEW as great of a show it was. And I really loved it. It was just that it was like business as usual. They're always having this show. So I got more of that surprise factor from NXT and that's what like put it over the top for me. You know, I think that was great because on both episodes, we got surprises, right? Yeah. We got Jeff Cobb on one, and then we got a whole different format. It's like my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. But you know what? I did want to point out that I'm glad you mentioned uh, it was a go-home show. Yeah. Because this was a great go-home show. And I'm I'm hoping that this format wasn't just because it's a go-home show. Well, I don't think so because, yeah, some of these vignettes had to do with NXT TakeOver Portland, but not all of them did. Like... The Chelsea Green was setting up next week. The Velveteen Dream one was setting up next week. So it wasn't all about TakeOver, which was nice to see that, hey, we're also talking about beyond TakeOver. I don't know. I, I would like to see them continue down this path. So, yeah, yeah NXT, I think, took it this week. You know what? I, I can't disagree with you there. I mean, it, it was a close one for me. Definitely. It was I, I was really close. I was super impressed with NXT as well. The real fans, well, the real winners are the fans. Oh, boy. Participation trophies, I swear. I'm going to start <laughs> playing them out here on the table. You know, we just start handing out the participation trophies. But speaking of, I do want to mention uh, to you guys um, that we are going to be dropping a uh, podcast for TakeOver. Definitely. It may not be studio quality, but... We are going to do a, a quick little synopsis <laughs> yeah. of TakeOver. I'm super excited. I'm sure you are. So mm. nah, <laughs> Definitely excited. Definitely excited. So you guys will be hearing from us very soon. Definitely. And I'm excited for next week as well because NXT's on roll. AEW's on roll. Let's keep it rolling. Let's Let the good the, times roll. <laughs> keep the momentum going. Yep. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in with us. Enjoy the rest of your week. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. 
Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.